The air is cold as you walk through the woods at night, just as everyone in your life had warned you not to, especially at this time of year. You can picture them now, an amalgamation of faces, eyes, and several mouths, all mushed into one blob. If I told you once, I've told you again. If you walk through the woods at night during this time of year, you have a good chance of running into the Phantom Piano Lounge. You're a combination of various voices, ranging from your mother, to the mailman, to the mayor of your town. Everyone had warned you to stay away. But you've walked through the woods at night before during other times of the year, and seen neither hide nor hair of this Phantom Piano Lounge. Sure, there was that time you were attacked by wolves and you barely escaped with your life. Sure, various unmarked shallow graves had been discovered in these very woods by world-renowned detectives, private investigators, and beat cops, and it's a verifiable fact that a great number of seedy and suspicious ne'er-do-wells make these woods their stomping grounds, but never have you seen hide nor hair of a phantom piano lounge. And tonight you cross these crime-infested, body-dumping, wolf-inhabited woods on your way home from a costume party. Your costume was a hit, even though no one put together you were wearing next year's hit costume ironically. The stained and dyed curtain strips wrapped around your limbs to invoke a mummy's wrappings were a deft touch for sure, regardless that no one had heard of the supposed senator that went with it. It's late. Later than the witching hour, and your thoughts cross the evening's events, various costumes and activities that you partook in. Bobbing for apples, the classic and colorful drinks spiked with pumpkin spice vodka. Your head swims a bit as you try to remember how many drinks you had. Oh man, was it five or ten or who counts anyway? It was all in good fun and who knew the Knights of Columbus could throw such a rager? The music was so loud that you're nursing a headache under your buzz and tomorrow's gonna suck. You can feel it, but right now, you feel fine as a wolf howls somewhere off in the distance. You come across a large branch and decide to pick it up to steady yourself. But as you plant your newfound stick into the soft dirt of the forest floor, you hear a faint lolling melody on the wind. It's a song you think you recognize but can't quite place, and every time you think you have it, the song grows fainter. Confused, you move towards the source of the song, or at least in the direction you think it's coming from. The canopy of trees grows thicker overhead, blocking out the bright and vibrant full moon. You reach for your phone to turn on the flashlight. Thank God for technology, you think. But your phone isn't in your pocket. Frantic, you start patting the various surfaces of your clothes, as if the arithmetic searching of your person can somehow summon your phone from whatever depths it fell into. The song grows stronger, and now you realize it's a... piano. And it's close. You follow the song into a clearing. The full moon illuminates everything. Enough for you to see what looks like a staircase railing leading into the ground, much to your surprise. The music is flowing free, slow and melodic, and it calls you down those stairs. You move without thinking, step after careful step. At the bottom of those stairs is a door, a black wooden door that seems to suck in the moonlight. You knock on the door-shaped abyss and a slat opens to reveal a pair of calm, glowing eyes. Ah, yes, the smooth voice says. Of course. The door opens without you saying a word. The glowing eyes belong to a small man who bows and guides you in with his long arms that end in gloved hands. I'd say we've been expecting you, he says with that same smooth voice. But truth be told, we don't expect anything. 
He ushers you into the room, dimly lit by small candles on a wide sea of tables. The far end of the room is a raised stage, and as the gloved man with the long arms and glowing eyes guides you between various tables, you squint to see who's playing. Have a seat, the man with the glove says. Enjoy your stay. Everybody and welcome to the Frightened Times. I am your host, Haunted Henry, and with me, as always, is my cohort, John. John, and we're going to be talking about all the creepy, crawly things that are hanging around us this Frightened Time. And uh, this Frightened Time is brought to you by the World Ending, because it seems like the world's ending. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, every day it feels like there's new and stupid things happening. So we're gonna go back to the classics, the classic creepy crawly things like werewolves and and vampires, things that we can blink away. Unlike the current hellscape that is our nation. <laughs> yes, the uh, the I mean, everyone knows what the frightened times is. It's a international, intergalactic, dare I say, holiday. <laughs> A month-long celebration of all things horrifying. Starting with, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, really, I, I think that as far as the as far as the frightened times are concerned, we have a, a kind of a track record of talking about things that are happening either to us or to the world at large. And I think that uh, you know, keeping in tradition with what we've talked about in the past, uh, I think that fear is on the menu. You know, in the first Frightened Times celebratory episode last year, we talked about fear. And I think, as a tradition, going forward, every first episode of the Frightened Times, we should discuss fear. The things that make our goose pimples prickle in the night. (laughs) I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that... The Frightened Times, are, it's really the one time of the year where fear can be celebrated. You know, you, if you look out your door at any Frightened Times Eve, you can see parents dragging their children to pits, and then they drag them closer and closer to the, to the edge of the pits. And these, these children haven't been taken to the pits before, and as they get closer to the pit, they're then dragged away from the pit just before they fall in. And it, it's really a good time to be had by everyone. Yes, the the annual pit dragging that all of, that every it's sort of a rite of passage, if you will. I mean, it, the, it's the pit dragging, it's the skeleton seeing, it's the it's the eyeball feast. It's, it's really a lot of things at frightened times that really evoke a spirit of of fear and togetherness. My favorite event is the tree hugging, where the trees hug back. Yeah, uh, it, try to go out to uh, old man Lufkin's. 
fortress. <laughs> Any frightened ties, try to try to traipse through his haunted wood. You'll get groped by many a fur. That's a weird sentence, but it is true. During these are frightened times. And uh, something that happened to me pretty recently that uh, it kind of to me was pretty prime frightened times material. I got transported. What? You got... In a car? Or no, like, not in a car or any <laughs> traditional vehicle that you enter through a portal. I was taken to another world. And I'm not talking about another world, the 90s computer game, which in Europe was called Out of This World. I am, as a matter of fact, talking about... Okay, you've seen horror movies, right? Sure, I've seen one or two. Let me let me throw three extremely famous horror movies at you. Lawnmower Man. No. Tron. What? The Matrix. Some of these are not horror films. But all of them take place in the most horrifying dimension. The dimension of the virtual. Ah, the digital space. <laughs> the digital world. As they say on uh, my favorite horror movie, Digimon. You know, I think you're just afraid of technology, but please tell us about your transportation. Uh, I went into virtual reality. That's a weird way to say it. I used a virtual reality device. And we're talking like with a visor and handles. Visor, handles, whole thing, room with sensors, empty room. You did the empty room experience. I did did the empty room experience, which is another... uh, Facet of the Frightened Times uh, in the celebration of fear. But I was transported via an HTC Rift. Nope. Vive? Vive. Vive I'm familiar with. Rift sounds like something you made up. Uh, Yeah, it was a HTC Vive that I used at some rich guy's house. Nice. And uh, it was... Okay. Now, what did you... It was, I thought it was okay was the end of the sentence. No, it, it was not okay. It was very cool. I've never done it before. Have you? I have. Yes, I have. Oh, I see. My company has a couple of virtual reality transportation helmets. Yeah, <laughs> as I, we call them in, in the world. I got to play VR Arena, which was a free-to-download game. Where a bunch of stick figures march toward you, and you have to swing your little batons to knock them away. Pretty sweet, right? Yeah. It. Uh, I'd never. I'd never been in the virtual before. Uh, at least not with this level of clarity. We've all used a virtual boy. Come on. Uh, but the experience when it's set up properly, when you are just, you know, tethered to a headset in a rich person's house. Yeah. It is. Phenomenal. Uh, it is very, very scary. Now, did you happen to play any sort of horror experience? Oh, yes. Ooh. Oh, yes. Uh, this is the best. Because they're the best, right? Uh, yeah, this is what it was made for. I played a little bit of Job Simulator, whatever. That was really fun. Uh, a lot of the stuff we did was fun. Why can't you just go get a job? <laughs> but uh, what we did do... Was we played a tech demo, which was just you're floating around underwater, and there are like sharks and giant whales and anglerfish, and there's a flashlight. Very spooky. Uh, 
it's it's really hard to communicate like what really clicked it for me was there was a, a thing that I was playing where you get in an elevator and you hit a button and it takes you to multiple scenarios that are just meant to elicit a very visceral reaction. I think one of them is like a car speeding at you. None of them are pleasant, uh, but the most famous one, I guess, is called Plank. Okay. So you get in the elevator, hit the button, wait a few seconds, it opens up, and the only thing for you to do is to walk out on like a six-foot-long plank that's like dozens and dozens of stories above a city. And Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, it, it really, really feels like it's happening because when you're in the elevator you're like haha fun vr look at my hands the second you like step out onto that thing your brain only for a second is subsumed by complete fear and the sensation that this is a real thing it's amazing how the brain can trick you into being scared Fully well knowing that you are in a room with no holes. Yeah. <laughs> so even if you were to step off the plank, you would be fine. But the brain translated as, this is my safe space. Yeah. And it's like, that, that, I can see how far down it goes. It's a real upper level, lower level brain situation because upper level brain is, haha, video games. Lower level brain is like, nah, lower level brain thinks significantly less, but has unlimited veto power over the upper brain. Because upper brain can think whatever the fuck it wants to, but if lower brain gets freaked out, he's like, shut up, we're about to die. <laughs> shut up and listen, I know you're having fun for some reason, but I'm I, I'm the, the den mother here, and the den mother says, shut up. Yeah, I, I stepped out onto that stupid fucking plank, and immediately, my lizard brain was like, we're gonna die. And it this only lasted it. for a second, but goddamn, uh, I don't think that any video game or movie or anything has made me feel that feeling as strongly as I did in that moment. Well, not a lot of other things are that interactive to the level where, like, you're immersed yeah. fully in a thing. Like, it covers your entire eyes. Yeah. All of your eyes. All eight of them. <laughs> All eight of your eyes. And it, it covers your ears, too. Like, it, you're, you're enveloped in, like, in the senses that we kind of pay the most attention to. Mm -hmm. Those are distracted. And, you know, <laughs> if you distract two out of the five, yeah, the brain's <laughs> like, these are the ones I pay attention to. And they're freaking out. Yeah, the brain's like, the eyes are where I get 90% of my information from. <laughs> I can't not trust the eyes. It, it's not like there's a part of your brain going, wait. It, this doesn't smell like you're on a plank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, and that never entered into my mind. It was bizarre, and, to say the least. And even with, like, 3D, it's like, you know, you, you you have other senses that are, like a 3D movie or something. Mm -hmm. Like, the bullets coming right at you. We know it's just an image. Because, you know, it's not that immersive. Yeah. VR is the only thing that can really transport you to another place. And it's a 100% a depth perception thing, too, because when you have the sensation of depth perception, all bets are off, baby. You're there. Yeah. It's, I, 
I never thought I would want to be the kind of person to spend $1,500 on a video game thing. And I'm still not. Yeah. But, man, the... I, I don't know why the thing that sold me was the idea that just, like, playing fucking horror games on something like that must be so awful. Now I have a question for you. Yes. You're standing on the plank above several stories above the ground... Did you ever just kind of, like, look at your hands? Uh, I, I did not look at my you hands. You didn't just look at your hands and go, whoa. <laughs> I I never looked at... Not at one point in any of the demos did I look at my hands or body and say, whoa, the virtual. Now I've truly logged on. <laughs> You didn't do it right. You're yeah. supposed to, as soon, as soon as you get into VR, look at your hands and go... Whoa. I, I, I will tell you, I had the opposite experience because uh, this person only had one controller that worked. Uh, the other one was in the shop. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, it, it was fine for what we were doing. Uh, but I played Job Simulator, holding it in my right hand as I'm uh, right-handed. And I was just like looking around, you know, doing Job Simulator stuff. Looked at my hand, my right hand lifted up, and I was looking at a left hand, and my brain went, holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> Everything you knew about your job simulator life was a lie. Yeah, like, I looked at my hand, and it was a left hand, and the sensation, I don't know why, the sensation of picking up your right hand and seeing a left hand also, like, triggers something in your brain where, like, <laughs> and then I switched it, and it was fine. It's like when you're, uh, when you're lucid dreaming, you know, some people have like triggers when they're like, oh, this is a dream. Yeah. That's gotta be one of them though, right? When you lift up your right hand and see your left hand, you're like, all right, this isn't quite the reality I know. This can't be real. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, went around looking at some videos of horror things in VR and it made me really excited for the future of horrifying people. No, like, one of the best things, I don't know if you ever stooped so low as to watch people play video games on YouTube. I watched someone play all of a horror VR game because of this. Yeah, see, that that's one of the fun things to do, is watch people play horror VR games. Because, like, <laughs> yes, there are jump scares and stuff, but there's a difference between seeing it on the screen with some distance between you... And being in it. Oh yeah, I watched, uh, since we were there, uh, at this rich person's house, we, we were, uh, and I mean, I'm not like disparagingly calling this person rich, but, uh, richer than I, but when I was looking at the, the videos of the games people were playing at this guy's house, you know, on his monitor, yeah. I was like, that looks like crap. Like, watching someone do the plank thing I do, is like, that looks really bad and dumb and not interesting. But then you get into then you, it. Then you get into it and it's a whole different thing. Uh, which, God, I can't even... Ugh. It, it makes my spine tingle, Henry. The idea of how horrified I could be. It's great. And, like, a lot of the VR games out right now, they're kind of... They use assets that have existed forever and they're not fully fleshed and they're all free. Yeah. So you download, like, for instance, there's one that has, like, a creepy, like, jestery clown man. Mm -hmm. And he can only move when you don't look at him. Great. Kind of like the the weeping angels from Doctor Who. Yeah. 
And uh, at first there's just one of them, and you're like, all right, I can handle this. And then you hear like a little jingle in your ears. And that's the, that's your signal to let you know there's a second one out Jesus there. Jesus Christ. And you got to get to the end of the maze, brother. I hate that a lot. And then, you know, there's a third one, and a fourth one, and a fifth one. And as soon as you start running away, they're on you. I hate that a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it, it makes me think, like, with VR, which, I mean, I don't know if VR is a fad. It's I, a fad. I feel like it's one of those things that's kind of on a line where it was definitely super popular, has dropped off pretty significantly. It just, it, it hasn't become accessible to the average person. Yeah, I mean, you need a $600 headset and a $1,500 computer. Yeah. It's not doable. Uh, but when it becomes doable, I am somewhat excited, not to say that, like, video games are the future, but you see that uh, Netflix is talking about putting interactive story choices in their programming, specifically for Black Mirror. Yeah, I've heard tale of a choose-your-own-adventure Black Mirror episode that will let audiences choose what happens. No, of course, if we want to talk about any trend that is a fad, it is choose-your-own-adventure movies and TV shows. How many... Exist. Every once in a while, someone will either come up with that as an idea or execute on it. There was a, a while in the theaters where they were like, we want to install like a voting system where people can vote what happens in the movie. Uh, and they're like, choose your own adventure, like VHS tapes and CD and I mean DVDs and stuff. Uh, they're not popular for good reason, but I got really excited at the idea that you could conceivably in the future have a choose your own adventure horror movie with like full depth i guess that's basically just a video game it's called until dawn oh yeah on the ps4 peter storm air yeah it's starring uh hayden (laughs) panetariat yeah hayden hayden poirot i'm sorry (laughs) hayden poirot and uh sam yeah zachary levi sam rammy Sam Ramy. Yeah. Samurai Ramalam. Zachary Levi? Yeah, sure. That's not his name. It's not. Rami Malik. Yes. Jesus Christ. Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. And Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Well, uh, you're right. Yes, I am. (laughs) I had to think about that for a second. I was like, Freddie Mercury's in it? Uh, But yeah, man, I... You just want a new way to scare yourself in a way that it's completely safe and enveloped in your home i love the scares why i really love being scared why do you like no it's the worst it's great because here's the thing it being scared is like everything else because if you expose yourself to fear fear becomes harder to achieve like drugs So you're always chasing the the the, the white rabbit of absolutely of being scared. I don't know. I I, I my scare tolerance is extremely low mm-hmm. to the point where if there's a scary like ask Reddit thread, it's like what's the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you? Yeah, I can't read it while I'm in bed because I'm gonna read it, and as soon as like I need to go to sleep and turn off all the lights, as soon as I close my eyes. I'm going to see the scary thing that was being described in the Ask Reddit thread. Yeah, and then, like, you'll have to, like, go get a drink at night, and you'll, like, pass by your bathroom door, and, like, a long-fingered black hand will, like, creep out of the bathroom door. It never touches you, but whenever you're not looking at it, it's there. 
Or you get the thing where it's like you're washing your hair and you have to close your eyes and you saw that one trailer for The Grudge. Yeah. And you you think a hand's going to show up in your hair because mm-hmm. of that one trailer from The Grudge. No, I've seen, the, I've seen that trailer. Yeah. You can't give me ghosts. Are you afraid of mirrors? We've probably talked about the mirror thing. I was afraid of mirrors for years. I think we've talked about the mirror thing on previous Frightened Times. Yeah, no, I, I, for years. I had a mirror. I, I had this huge... A headstand, headboard for my bed, and part of it was a mirror. Awful. Who would design it that way? I could never look at it. Yeah, because there's always something behind you. And you know, it's the one thing you kind of look at. Wait, what? Did you hear a noise? No, I did not hear a noise. You didn't hear a high-pitched squealy noise? Nope. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, it's happening. The spooks are setting in. You know what the one location you, you tend to look at when you're crawling... Long, you know, from the from the foot of the bed to the head of the bed to get in the bed. You know where you look typically? The headboard, just straight ahead. Yeah, at when... the mirror person climbing toward you. <laughs> yes, or the person behind you. Jesus Christ! Uh, you know, my my parents. I think I talked about this uh, last year. You didn't hear a squeaky noise. I did not hear a squeaky noise. It was really high pitched. My parents had the worst uh, design decision of their old, old creaky ass house. Yeah. In that number one, my bedroom opened into a dark hallway, immediately facing a tall mirror. Oh, great! That faced back into my dark room. Oh, great! <laughs> so I was getting it from both ends. Uh, there's two <laughs> long fingers, yeah. and they're both sort of not touching <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, but you just can't see. Uh, but then there was also a big long staircase that went upstairs, and the lights upstairs were always off. And you know where you look when you're going upstairs? At your feet, generally, so you don't trip. And you're like, oh, I'm going to look at the top of the stairs, and there's going to be a demon up there. Yeah. Because you always are afraid of the demons when you're climbing into bed sleepy on the stairs because you know that if a demon approached you when you were like on a picnic you could embarrass that demon (laughs) you could probably like just give the demon an apple and he'll be fine yeah you're like this is a ridiculous place for a demon to be but no it's why people who have basements they always turn the basement light off and then run up the stairs yeah because the demon's gonna show up and be like yeah you don't have an apple (laughs) it's it's really we could really turn this horror movie thing around and just have demons show up when the lights are on. I mean, still scary, but like, yeah, not as. I I think like horror is so rooted in these 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 uh these tropes that we see time and time again. The darkness, when no one else is around. But I think if you could make someone scare, like if you could make an element that's traditionally scary in the dark. And make it as scary as in, in broad daylight, then you've really achieved something. Uh, like the witch. Yeah, like the witch. Exactly like the witch. Yeah, that there nothing in that movie relies on it being dark. No, in fact, uh, I mean they are isolated, and they are there is the woods. The woods are always scary, but a lot of it happens in broad daylight, including the part with the stupid goat. Darkness is a cheat. Really, because I mean, a lot of horror is like, what are what are our lower brain expectations for when we're most vulnerable? And making something dark. You ever seen that movie Lights Out? Is that the no? I'm thinking of uh, Darkness Falls. Oh well, Lights Out. It's basically when the lights are out, a creepy twitchy lady attacks you. Oh, and Darkness Falls when the lights are out, a twitchy creepy lady attacks you. Oh, really? She's called the Tooth Fairy. Oh, and uh, in Lights Out, she's called Helen. Uh, but there's a scene in Lights Out where this is the first victim of Helen. 
It's <laughs> a weird sentence. She is she. Uh, a cleaning lady is like downstairs in an apartment complex, I think. And it's the only effective scare of the movie. She's just like walking, you know, whatever. And there's just like a room, and you can see there's a hallway, and the hallway has like a red light in it. Are you afraid of hallways? I mean, I'm afraid of everything. Yeah. Uh, but she flicks the light off, and then you see this silhouette standing in the red hallway. It's, okay. Because the red light's the only light, so you're like, oh, there's a demon. This lady flicks the light back on, lady's gone, flicks it off, lady's back, flicks it up, lady's gone, flicks it down, gets attacked. It's like, after the second time... Leave the light on. Yeah. I, I don't understand. It almost felt like it was played for laughs because it's like, demon? No, no demon. demon. Demon? No demon. demon. I At, yeah. at Flick 2, I've decided to live in the no demon version of the world. I guess it's like, oh, my eyes are playing tricks on me. But of course, it's setting up the rhythm. The rhythm. Yeah, yeah. You know, this established rhythm of, oh, this is what happens when the light's flicked off. And then that third time... They, of course, throw the wrench in the plan, have the demon attack. Yeah. And that's the scare. It was not, it almost felt funny. Lights Out's a bad movie. I, is that the, that one came out recently, right? Yeah, pretty recently. I saw it in the theaters. Yeah, I feel like I saw trailers for it and I was like, <laughs> not seeing this movie. No way in hell. Uh, you were right to skip it. A lot of modern horror is terrible. Yeah, I feel like horror is, uh, horror is in a better place than it's been in for a few years. Uh, I feel like in the 90s it was a bad time. I feel like it's like an ebb and flow. Yeah. But it's it's a lot shorter of a times period. Like, you know, you'll have really effective things like The Witch, which, you know, is a really good horror movie. Which, which is a really good restaurant. Which, which. Yeah. And then you'll have uh, The Bye Bye Man. <laughs> oh, man. That's like, uh, that's like a real Transmorphers of the Babadook. Yeah, you'll have, like, The Babadook, and then you'll have... Some stupid shit. Yeah. I don't know what... Uh, Anna, oh, 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 Annabelle 2. Unfriended. Oh, boy. That's the one where uh, social media and webcams... Oh, yeah, that one seems real bad. They made a sequel. What's it called? Unfriended 2. Is there, like, a subtitle? I don't um, know. I didn't see it. They should call it Blocked. <laughs> Unfriended 2. Go outside. <laughs> Unfriended 2. Delete your account. Just go outside. Unfriended 2. This website is free. Just go outside. Oh. Where... Where do we get the inclination to tell scary stories? Uh, I don't know. The desire to hurt people? Is it really a desire to hurt people? I don't know. I almost feel like I relish in the telling of a scary story because, uh, number one, it's fun for people to be afraid. Uh, I think that fear is a fun emotion. Uh, but also I feel like there's like a, a, com a communal aspect of storytelling because everyone's afraid together. And there's a, there's a power in telling a scary story. You have power over someone's emotions in that moment. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, all storytelling is kind of like that, but with scary, scary stories, a uh, scary storytelling, you are, phys you're giving someone a physical reaction. Yeah, you're giving them a gift. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like Nicholas Sparks probably, Gives people the gift of crying, and he uh -huh. gets off on that or something. I don't know. Uh huh. No, I'm not gonna read into it. He just likes to make people cry. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like Stephen King and I guess Dean Koontz to a degree mm -hmm. likes to scare people. Yeah. I don't know. 
But I, I feel like the community aspect is going to get at what I wanted to talk about today, which is urban legends, John. Urban legends. Urban legends, which are the legends that a lot of people tell that come from urban places. <laughs> it's, they're the legends of Carl and Keith Urban. Carl and Keith Urban, famous country stars. Yeah. Country one's music One's country and one's a star. A star is born. Lady Gaga. Uh, the ebb and flow, by the way. I know you mentioned it earlier. That's also a feature of the Frightened Times. It is just a river that's as black as night. Yeah. Anyway. The ebb and flow. Yeah, the ebb and flow. Because ebb means dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. I want to talk about the urban legends I grew up with. Okay. And I'm sure when I mention them, you will be like, oh, that's an urban legend. I've heard of that. Sometimes, I don't know, I have a weird gauge for urban legends, because there are some that everybody knows that I just don't know about. I mean, like, I'm not talking about the ones that are specific to, like, locations. Like, of course, there's the Jersey Devil, there's the the Moffsville of Pleasantsville, the Mothman of Pleasantsville. <laughs> the the, 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 the Pleasant Man of Mothsville. <laughs> there's the Mothman of Pleasant Valley, or whatever the hell it's called. Uh-huh. Like, those are those regional ones that... Kind of are akin to folklore at this point. I'm talking about the, the, like, Bloody Mary. Oh. Have you never heard? I've heard of Bloody Mary. See? That's an urban legend. Okay. So, urban legends, if, let's draw a line. On one side, we have the New Orleans Jazz Man. Well, yeah, that's an actual thing that happened. And urban legends. So, urban legends aren't necessarily documented. No. Exactly. Urban legends are like, like a sewer alligator. Okay. Yeah, I can fuck with that. Yeah, that's that's all I wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because last Cause year we did kind we did real stuff. We did real stuff, and, and now the- we're doing still real stuff. Yeah, but real stuff without evidence. <laughs> but see, like these are the stories that people just keep telling time and time again. Like everyone knows a variation, or have seen a variation of like the hook-handed killer, and the hook is still in the car. Or the one where it's like, oh, ma'am, the calls are coming from inside the house. I mean, that, that was even done in, like, Scream. Yeah. And, and and before that, there was an urban legend about a babysitter babysitting kids. And she kept getting calls that she thought was the father saying, like, go check on the kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was a murderer. Killed all the kids and wanted to kill her, too. I uh, I think that that was the whole thing behind Scream is it's like this big amalgamation of urban legends, not to be confused with the short-lived series of horror films Urban Legend. I don't know what that is. That's a moon-faced man. What's a moon-faced man? Is that <laughs> a-, a moon face? I mean, is that like a there are black-eyed children? Is this like a man with? No, he had a moon mask. Oh, that's... did he? I really don't remember. <laughs> I don't. Know what you're talking about. I'm confusing the villain in the Urban Legend franchise with short-lived McDonald's mascot, Mac Tonight. Are you serious? I I genuinely confused the villain of the Urban Legend movies with moon-faced McDonald's character, Mac Tonight. I don't even know what to say about that. My brain is Swiss cheese. Your brain is Swiss cheese. So when I was what but a wee lad, my sister told me the story of Bloody Mary. Do you are you familiar with like the ritual? 
Yeah, so you, you stand in front of a mirror in a dark room. In a dark room. You say, Bloody Mary, three times. You say it three times, and she appears. Yeah, she appears. And uh, then I don't know what happens. Yeah, nobody knows, because everyone runs out of the room screaming. Yeah, I always thought she granted wishes. <laughs> I don't think she does. I, I think she comes from a, like a, a very sad story where... Um, she like died or something i don't know the history because like the weird thing about urban legends is you really don't really know the background you just know of these rituals and in a lot of cases urban legends will localize so there are there are versions of bloody mary that have certain aspects of the story that become more pronounced depending on where you are geographically yeah and and they change over time there'll be like a famous mary that they can attribute the bloody mary thing to and like oh it's her Mm -hmm. you know it's that one and something that has, like, really good narrative weight, like Bloody Mary, is probably based on something that actually happened, not actually happened in history, but it might be based on something, uh, like, political or social at the time, but because it's just so creepy, that changes. That's not so important anymore. Yeah. You're not like, oh, it's Mary Magdalene or whatever. No one would be doing Bloody Mary about Mary Magdalene. No. Surely at the time. I don't think so. Paganism was frowned upon. Uh, here's what Wikipedia, my favorite source ever, has to say about Bloody Mary, uh, specifically about the ritual. Mm -hmm. Historically, the ritual encouraged young women to walk up a flight of stairs backward, holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. As they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face. There was, however, a chance that they would see a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper instead, indicating that they were destined to die before they would have the chance to marry. In the ritual of today, Bloody Mary allegedly appears to individuals or groups who who ritualistically invoke her name in an act of catropomancy. Wow, that's a first one. Catropomancy. I'm gonna say Catropomancy. This is done by repeatedly chanting her name in a mirror placed in a dimly lit or candle-lit room. In some traditions, the name must be repeated 13 times, or some other specified number of times. The Bloody Mary apparition allegedly appears as a corpse, a witch, or ghost, can be friendly or evil, and is sometimes seen mm. covered in blood. The lore surrounding the ritual states that participants may endure the apparition screaming at them, cursing at them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood, or scratching their eyes out. The modern left legend of Hanako-san in Japan strongly parallels the Bloody Mary mythology. That's a new one. Yeah, I don't know about that one. A modern edition of Taunting Bloody Mary regarding her baby indicates the legend figure's conflation with the historic figure Queen Mary I, also known as Bloody Mary, whose life was marked by a number of miscarriages or false pregnancies and is remembered for her violent religious reforms.
I don't know. It's a weird thing. Why do why do people what what? Why do people want to invoke a ghost of a strangling, soul-sucking woman? Because someone who, who tells that to someone has power over them in that moment. And I've, I think that's something that's really interesting to that, interesting about that to me. And the reason why I think that Bloody Mary is so, uh, not beloved, so long-lasting, yeah. is the ritual itself is creepy. Yeah. It, it's a real... It's a real nice hack to get into someone's brain to freak them out by making them consider or do something that in itself is unusual. It's kind of like that light as a feather, uh, thick as a board game. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you, you trick the brain into feeling sensations and that creeps you out. Doing something that's so out of the norm, like even just being in a dark room deliberately or like deliberately looking into a mirror... And saying, like, trying to consciously invoke the, 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 or like summon a demon or a ghost. All of these things are weird. We don't do them every day. Mm -hmm. So they're going to feel creepy when you do it, especially for the first time. Yeah, you're, you're psychologically priming someone to expect unusual things. I mean, in the, uh, in the story that you were telling in the initial, I guess, initial iteration of this, where you would walk up the stairs backwards with a mirror. Walk the thought of walking upstairs backwards with a mirror and a candle. The thought of that creeped me out. Yeah. So can you imagine how psychologically primed you would be for creepy stuff to happen if you had to do that? You would your your brain would be a fertile ground for a bunch of like spooky internal happenings. <laughs> it's kind of like remember how you said you st stared at your feet walking up the stairs. This forces you to look up the top of the dark stairs, yeah. holding a candle so you can see with a mirror, so you can't look away. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty, it's like someone designed that specifically knowing that the tops of stairs are scary. And I, I wonder, because, you know, you, you talk about things like haunted houses and, not haunted houses, but like abandoned houses and creepy things like that. It, it's just because they're unusual and our brain's wired to find unusual things creepy. But I, I think that the, the Bloody Mary thing, everyone's done it. I know that uh, I have a personal Bloody Mary experience. Oh. Uh, in that uh, my dad used to volunteer to do, like, groundskeeping stuff at a church. Okay. And I would hang out with all my church buddies at night. Yeah. Uh, and we would do things like play Bloody Mary in a dark gymnasium, because we had the keys. Right. Uh, horrifying. Uh, Very scary. Especially because it was on the grounds of a church. Yeah. Like, uh, that atmosphere alone at night can certainly send the spookiness into you. Yeah, I, I really thought that the, the the ritual of it to me is, is what's spookiest. The the idea that like, I, and I mean, I don't think the like saying it thirteen times and being in a group that ain't real Bloody Mary. Real Bloody Mary is a group. Pick somebody. You go makes by yourself. Them go do it. Yeah, that, that's the version that I grew up with because no, there's safety in numbers. There's no safety where it's like you go. Did you see her? Yeah, it's like. I don't want to do this. I'm a, I'm a little scaredy boy. Yeah, I, I don't want you to take the group away and go make me do the scary thing. Why do you guys hate me? <laughs> Why are you picking on me? Why are you I'm picking on me? I'm, I'm the, the one who has the keys. Which also, saying it 13 times, rule of threes, come on. Yeah, rule of threes. But 13 is an unlucky number, John. What if you said it 14 times? Who's going to keep count? 
Bloody Mary, 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 Bloody Mary. Thirteen. You did twelve. Bloody Mary. I got really scared because I was thirteen of something. Wait, if it's thirteen of anything, you have that reaction? Don't do it again, John. My heart can only take so much. Beetle, 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 beetle. Oh, wow. That's bad. You what should are, probably talk to, like, a... One of those beetles is gonna die. <laughs> oh, no. Or... When 13 could... beetles sit down at the table, the first to rise is the first to die. Or it could be a husband. What? The... Either you're gonna die or you're no. gonna get married. Which, was, man, that speaks to... I was doing <laughs> another superstition. Oh. I've never, uh, oh, and like 13 people, if they sit down, first person to stand up dies? Yeah. What if you gotta pee? We'll be the first to die, not they die instantly. They <laughs> will be the first one to die amongst the 13. I was gonna say, as superstitions go, that's easily disproven. Because I'm sure I've sat at tables of 13 people, and someone isn't like, I'm gonna go get some bread. No, yeah, see... It's the first, yeah. The only way to defeat it is if the first person who stands up takes out a gun and shoots one of the other people. They're like, na 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 boo boo. He canceled die. He canceled it out. Yeah. And then that's gonna follow him forever, Final Destination style. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's gonna get arrested and hung. <laughs> but he wasn't the first to die. Yeah, he wasn't, but he still died. But then it turns out his bullet didn't kill the other person. <laughs> oh, no. And then they come back and they say, you know, if you go in a bathroom and you look <laughs> in the mirror and you say Bloody Mary three times, my murderous, unlucky 13th hanged friend will appear. And he'll be like, don't do it. <laughs> Don't sit down with 13 other people, 12 other people. Yeah, and they'll scratch your eyes out. Yeah. So you you mentioned, like, what did you mention? I pointed at you. You Damn did. It. You pointed at me. It's like, we try to, like... Said ritual, the ritual part is neat. Something about a bunch of people kind of doing something, or trying to make sense out of something that doesn't make sense. Oh man! Don't remember what I said. My memory's not really good, but it's I okay. It was gonna be a perfect transition. That's a shame. Both of our brains are Swiss cheese. I know that. No, these past few days at work have been hell because it's the frightened times, and my boss is now a literal <laughs> demon. However, in the vein of like urban legends, sort of lending this community feeling and helping people sort of explain away odd or weird things, mm -hmm. I want to talk about the weirdest thing I came across in my research: a Japanese. Kleenex commercial urban legend. Hold on, what? A Japanese cursed Kleenex commercial, if you will. I am so ready for this. In 1986, Kleenex, the company, released three Japanese commercials for their tissues featuring a woman dressed in a white toga-like dress and a child dressed as a Japanese ogre, sitting on straw. Each advert had the song It's a Fine Day by Jane and Barton playing in the background. Many viewers found the advertisement disturbing. Some complaints claimed the music sounded like a German curse, although the lyrics are in English. Because of its unnerving ambience, several rumors began to, began to circulate about the cast, such as with the crew meeting untimely deaths through accidents 
and the lead actress Kiko Matsuzaka either dying, being institutionalized, or becoming pregnant with a demon child. So that's a group, that's a community of people. Yeah. They were all unnerved by this commercial, and that unnerved ambience Mm -hmm. led to these weird, like, urban legends about the crew and the cast and stuff like that, and that's reminiscent of some things that happen in movie sets in in Hollywood. Yeah, it's, uh, which, by the way, I just want to say, in the future, when I hear a language I don't understand, I really want to say it's a German curse. That sounds like a German (laughs) curse. Are you cursing me in German? (laughs) Watch, uh, watch some anime, watch La Ventura, uh, watch a Fellini movie, I'm like, this sounds like a German curse. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's really kind of at the heart of what makes Urban Legends great, is, is people coming together and being like, this shit's creepy. Why? Yeah. It's kind of like the Urban Legends about, like, the Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, the Munchkins. I think people were really creeped out about seeing the Lollipop Guild people. Because, I mean, if you were from a small rural town... And you had never seen a little person before. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there are like 20 of them on the screen in full color dancing and singing. You might be a little weirded out. There's no uh, there's no creepy urban legends about any of the other cast members. Just of the little people. And yeah, the, the urban legend like, oh, you can see like w- one of the munchkins hung themselves and you can see it in one of the shots which is, which is completely untrue it's just a bird it's a bird uh yeah i still remember back uh in the early early days of the internet i would read a lot of like urban legend kind of not conspiracy theory but le- urban legend unsolved mystery type stuff on the internet on the pages you know that you go to back then yeah and i remember downloading a video no thank you of the part where they say that you can see where one of the munchkins has hanged himself. Uh, and they say, that, they say that you can see the body spinning. It's just a bird. Uh, but the image still creeps me out to this day. Because the video that I downloaded was like a VHS rip oh my of that scene. And there was no sound. It was just the sound of the VHS tape just going... And... It it goes for like ten seconds, thing moves in the background, goes back to the being zoomed in a little bit, goes goes back to the being zooms in a little bit as it gets like closer and closer on this thing, repeating this one loop of this ambient VHS noise. Horrifying to this day. It's weird. It was a real media file, oh if you remember gosh. real player. Oh yeah, I remember real player. Yeah. It was supposed to be like the good one. It was bad. It was bad. I watched episodes of Dragon Ball GT that way. We did not scar me nearly as much. We didn't know any better. There's something weird about when you are like psyched up or you, you enter a situation with a preconceived notion that like I'm going to see something horrible. I'm going to see something scary. Yeah. And then it's innocuous. It's, it's completely innocent. But you, you're still left with that creeped out feeling. Yeah, that, that's 100% what the Munchkin video was for me. I was expecting to see something creepy. So no matter what I saw, what I saw was going to be creepy. 
One of my favorite things to do is to go onto at the Ask Reddit subreddit and be like, "What's the creepiest thing you ever saw?" Yeah, I, I go through those threads, and there there are, there are ones that are like, "What's the creepiest photo you have?" And this one guy, and I'm going off memory here. He has one of those doorbell cams. Uh huh. So it, it like it just takes pictures of like people who go up to the door, and uh, he checks it one night. Uh huh. And a person showed up at his house wearing a creepy. Like, anime mask. Oh, no. With a bat. Oh, no. And the photo is just them standing at the door, looking into the doorbell cam. I hate it. And it's it's in black and white, because doorbell cams are not in color. Yeah. And something about it is just completely unnerving. Like, even though you know, it's just a person. Yeah. And I, they might just be trying to freak you out. Freak out the... I don't think they planned to do anything. I think they just wanted to freak out the guy, because they saw... He had mm-hmm. a camera. Yep. But just that one still of the, this, the mask and a guy with a bat, it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. No. That's, uh, I would move. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, that's always my thing. It's like, oh, like a horror movie starting where I live. <laughs> and there are other things that will stop you from doing this, but I would be like, yeah, abandon the house, move, go. Yeah. Just leave. Just leave the situation. Leave your life. I get, I get that there's a lot of stuff that would stop you from doing that, but, like, real estate's cheap in the South. Jobs are all over the place. Move. Uh, start over again in beautiful West Virginia. Where no crime happens. I, uh, I, I think that, I don't know. It, it's so hard to, to pin down what makes stuff like that creepy, but I think that there's definitely a through line talking about urban legends and stuff like that. Like, your, your perception that something's going to be scary makes it scary yeah like full stop that is the one of the keys to fear is feeling like you're going to be scared by something and and i i can like attest to that i can i can add on to that because doing research for this episode i just typed in urban legends thinking i would find neat and interesting urban legends i wasn't going and thinking i would be scared and so none of the things i read scared me yeah I, i think that uh but also, you got, like, the Japanese clinics commercial. That People didn't cool. ask to be creeped out by that. Yeah. People didn't ask to find that scary. It's it's kind of like the Max Headroom incident. Yes. Where there's nothing actually scary about it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's creepy because it, it, it's a guy who's kind of, like, seemingly unhinged. And it's not a protected broadcast. It's a, it's a hacked signal Mm -hmm. and so something about it even though there's it's there's no imagery to lead you to be scared there's just something creepy about that footage it's just happening so far outside the norm that it it like it violates your safety for a second that's all it all it takes to send you to scares town yeah and and if you if for those of you who don't know what i'm talking about just google max headroom incident and uh watch for yourself it's only like 20 to 30 seconds long yeah, and it's not bad. It's important as far as uh, as far as media is concerned. <laughs> it led to the creation of the FCC. Yay! Yeah. Hmm. The scariest thing of all, of course, uh, regulated government. Of course, the FCC stands for the Frightening Corpse Corporation. <laughs> At least in the frightened <laughs> times, it does. Everything's different. It's like the Dark World. In Zelda? Oh, where you turn into a pink bunny. Yeah, we're rabbits now. Wow. I want... I So, reading the urban legends, I was like, these are cool, but these are the... Look, whatever, they're boring. Give me the local ones. Mm-hmm. Give me the one, not the New Jersey Devil. 
Not the Mothman from Pleasantsville. Mm -hmm. Those are boring. Give me ones I don't know about from places where I live now. So Texas. So Austin. Oh, wow. We have Austin legends? Yes. I don't know if you've noticed around the city of Austin, they are these moonlight towers. That's what they're called. I haven't. They're just tall towers that have a bright spotlight down on the street. Mm. And you might not notice them because they kind of blend in now. Okay. But they were put up in a time where that was not the case. Okay. During the late 19th century, darkness swallowed the city of Austin in the form of a serial killer. Not yet powered by electrification, Austin's streets were unnavigable and dangerous upon sundown. On a pitch-black night in 1885, horror struck. The mutilated body of a servant girl was found outside a local saloon, a bloody axe resting on the wall of a nearby building. Soon after the gruesome discovery, the city endured a string of bloody murders all committed with similar brutality by a crazed individual known as the Servant Girl Annihilator. In an attempt to increase safety and catch the madman, Austin erected a group of moonlight towers, tall beacons of light powered by early electric generators throughout the city. Though the towers never led to the capture of the Servant Girl Annihilator, they helped light the streets and quell the crime rate. Now Austin remains one of the only cities in America that still uses Moonlight Towers as a source of illumination. And there's a picture of one. Oh, I feel like I've seen one of these. By the, uh, the, the capital of Texas. Okay, I think I've seen those. Yeah, they're just tall towers with uh, light. With super bright light. Super bright light, and apparently they only exist because of the Serpent Girl Annihilator, according to this urban legend. Uh, I like that. I like it because it sounds like it's not true. Yeah. Which it, you want in an urban legend. You don't want it to sound true. I don't want there to have been a Serpent yes. Girl Annihilator... I guess it's a horrible name, it and really it's a horrible is, at, crime. At the very least, they could have jazzed up the name a little bit. Well, it's always like Golden State Killer, East Area Rapist, Original Night Stalker. Those are all the same person. <laughs> uh, I just want to say, of the available names, Original Night Stalker is the winner. Well, it's because there was a later... <laughs> at... <laughs> it's really weird. There's another Night Stalker. <laughs> but I mean... Night Stalker Prime, yeah. pretty good name for a Transformer or a serial killer. <laughs> but I mean, you also have like the New Orleans Jazz Man. Yeah, who also used an axe. Yeah, he used an axe, but thank God they they found it within themselves to name him after his favorite genre of music and not his preferred target or weapon. Yeah. Is, uh, is BTK the only serial killer that got to name himself? Did the Zodiac Killer name himself? Oh, I don't know. I don't think he did, actually. Hmm. He just used Zodiac symbols in his code, right? If you were a serial killer, what would you name yourself? Oh, easy. If I were a serial killer, I would... Hold on, wait. I'm concerned that you said that this was easy. So easy. If I were a serial killer, John, 
I would name myself the do nothing, do no harm guy. Didn't, <laughs> didn't kill, didn't kill a one. <laughs> never touched, never laid a finger on him. Okay, so the second serial killer to name himself because your cryptic missives to the police are just letters saying, I seriously didn't kill anybody. Why are you investigating me? <laughs> These have to remain anonymous because I know that you will arrest me. There is, Sufficient evidence, and I won't get into why. Anyway, signed sincerely, the didn't do nothing, do no harm guy, didn't kill a one, never did nothing, did it. <laughs> never laid a finger, no how. Never laid, never even been. <laughs> and they're like, man, we gotta like, we gotta name this guy something else. Like every time we print his name in the paper, he uses up the whole headline. What should we call him? Probably like the Austin Throat Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah, the, the Austin Existence Obliterator. <laughs> yeah. The the Life Annihilator. Now, I, I want it to be clear. In that scenario, not only am I not a serial killer, I've committed no crime. I'm just writing missives to the police saying I didn't do it. Whatever it is, I'm Mr. Didn't Touch a Thing, Never Killed, No Stealing, and I also am a law-abiding not-killer man. What if you did that and uh, your name was like, most usual resident doing everything right, and it's just murder. (laughs) It spells out murderer. <laughs> it's also murder and they're like we cracked it we cracked it uh, the code i uh, lined up the letters but yeah my serial killer name it's really it's really tough oh uh, the roller the roller coaster toaster the roller so wait in this scenario <laughs> do you kill people by somehow Putting them on a roller coaster and then also a toaster is involved? No, here's what I do. Here's what I would do, I should say. Uh, were I a serial killer, I go to various high-profile theme parks. Uh, and I ride the fastest roller coaster they got. And then at the peak of the roller coaster, at the height of excitement, I'm always... I'm, I will take from my duster... A large toaster, and I will drop it onto the crowd below, and I will kill one random person. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like you would be very easily <laughs> caught. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of people on that roller coaster, and they're so excited no one sees it happen. The thing about serial killers and the ones that get names, they're, they're all from the past. Mm-hmm. I feel like... And, like, what's it called? I'm giving you nothing to go off of. I I think standard practices or whatever says there's, like, at least 30 serial killers active in the U.S. right now. Oh, don't like that. Or something like that. I don't know the actual statistic, and I don't even know where that statistic comes from. But it seems like you don't hear about it as much. You hear, like, you turn on the news. Sure, there's random killings every day, and we had that... That bomb scare for a little while, but even he didn't get a name. Yeah, really, they just said Austin Bomber. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, Austin Bomber. I guess that was his name, I don't know. But that just rhymes with Boston Bomber. It does. It feels like we live in an age where information moves so quickly that there's not enough time to name people. Maybe there's also so much to be afraid of 
that serial killers are the least of our concerns now. And I honestly feel like serial killing doesn't happen as much. Or the way that they get rid of the body, like, it doesn't point to a serial killer or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like serial killers definitely were more in vogue in the past. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying this is something that I've noticed because I read a lot of true crime. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is focused on the big names, BTK, Golden State Killer, Zodiac Killer, of course. And, or like, just, they get focused on one case like the Black Dahlia. But you don't really see, like, there are tons of cold cases. Hundreds, thousands of cold cases today. But none of them get quite the attention of these ones in the past. Maybe there's something to be said for the work ethic is different. You know, these modern serial killers, they're just looking at their smartphones all day. They're not willing to get out there, put their foot in the door, and really make an impression. I guess, and also if you think about it, if someone wants to kill a lot of people, they would just do a spree. Yeah. You got a lot of spree killers, a lot of mass killers, Mm -hmm. not a lot of serial killers. I guess psychopathy that's not what you call it what do you call it what psychopathy sure psychos no what are they (laughs) psychopaths yeah psychopaths have adapted to the availability of you know semi-automatic weaponry and so they're like why would i stalk people for months and kill one person every year when i can just go and kill a i'm not saying you should do this no one should do this i'm just saying horrible mentality has changed with the the availability of weaponry you know, it's just instant gratification culture. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're the worst. You're uh, the worst person to talk to about this. No, I, I I absolutely agree. I think that, you know, our worst monsters just kind of get it all out of the way because it's very, very easy to get your hands on weapons of mass destruction. Mass being lots of people. Yeah. <sighs> and I feel like... We covered everything. We we did cover everything. We talked about fear. Mm-hmm. We talked about urban legends. We did. For some reason, we started talking about serial killers. Yeah. We really covered all the bases. I don't know what else there's left to talk about in the frightened times, but I guess only the frightening future can tell us. You know what I'm afraid of? Tomorrow. The future is really the scariest thing. You know why? Because light only exists in the present, and so the future is a dark hallway. Oh, Yeah, light can only exist in the present. Can you imagine all the long-fingered hands in that dark hallway of tomorrow? Are you afraid of long-fingered hands? I'm just afraid of hands. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) It's a hand. So, if you would like to reach out to us using your hands... Uh, you can use your long-fingered hands to type little slender messages to us on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Make it spooky! Zoinks! Crikey! People coming with huge jabs! <laughs> That's right. That's what it stands for. And if you want to send us your serial killer manifesto, you can send that to zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. We will report you directly to the neighborhood police after giving you a sweet nickname. <laughs> we'll give you a nickname as we give all of our writers. Look, if you have trouble coming up with your serial killer nickname, we will give you one. Uh, that is the zero credits guarantee. Maybe we shouldn't guarantee that. 
I mean, we'll turn it over to the police. Okay. So only message us if you want to get caught. And if you want to use the the platform of choice for monsters, you can find us on Facebook by searching Zero Credits Podcast on the Facebook search bar. Uh, Twitch is still off the menu. Spotify. We're on Spotify now. Uh, so just search Zero Credit credit and then an open parentheses and then an s and then a closed parentheses and specifically in the podcast section Spe- of spotify specifically in the podcast section so if you unlock that mystery uh wonders abound we are of course on itunes and apple podcasts i think yes we are so like comment they're one and the same subscribe double checked really the reviews on itunes and apple podcasts are fundamentally important because we have to get people dancing to our podcast if we could just reach four reviews we could reach four reviews if you're listening to this and you have hate in your heart leave us a review now with all that out of the way we can talk about the most important thing which is to say word of the mouth is the only way that we can survive so tell your friends Grab a knife, give the knife to your friend, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, it's time to go. Scratch out your eyes, Zero Credits 2018. And from everyone here at the Frightened Times headquarters in downtown L.A. Why is it in L.A.? L.A. stands for Lazy Apparitions. (laughs) We want to wish you a frightening week. (laughs) bat noise